Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is John Holden, food and beverage lecturer at Thameside College and founder of Bridging the Skills Gap. Coming up on today's show... John reveals that he may have always been destined for hospitality. It has been said in the past, my daughter said if anybody cuts you in half, daddy will say hospitality. Phil tries his hand at German. They do have the, the, the greatest word for five in yeah. the world. Yeah. Fünf. And John talks about the type of accountant we can all do without. From what I could gather, the accountant had um, done a runner with the money. All that and so much more as we talk through John's story and journey to date. There's an overriding theme of giving back throughout John's journey and there's no doubt that he is playing his part in making sure that people not only come into this wonderful industry, but have some great tools and contacts to go on and succeed. It's incredible work that I hope more people can support. Don't forget, we launch a brand new episode each week telling the amazing and always amusing stories from hospitality. So please remember to like, subscribe and review on whatever platform you're listening. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. Today, we venture back to academia, but today's guest definitely does not stop his interest in that part of the industry, that is for sure. Currently, food and beverage lecturer at Thameside College in Manchester for nearly the last 15 years, but also is the founder of the wonderful initiative that is Bridging the Skills Gap, something that I've gotten to know a little bit about recently, but I'm sure we'll learn a lot more about it today. So it gives me huge pleasure to welcome to the show John Holden. Good morning. Morning, Phil. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Just just uh, sat in my uh, restaurant at the college. Excellent. Well, that that give the the podcast a bit of atmosphere. Yeah, it's uh, the quietest room in the uh, in the college, to be precise. I mean, I really can't find any uh, quiet rooms. Every every room's in use. So uh, I thought, well, I'll just sit down in the restaurant. So nice. So actually, when I um, when I, I came up with the idea for for this, I did. There was a part of me that thought, because as you have noticed, that the podcast called Hospitality Meets, um, the intention was to go out and meet people, mm-hmm. uh, and then COVID hits. But actually, yep. that's probably helped the podcast in its own weird way. Yep. Um, but the idea was is that I'd then go out and meet, and if I'd have been meeting you, I would have, would have come to you and yeah. sat in the place where where you deemed it was right and reasonable to do so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd soak up the atmosphere of where where we were. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there we are. Didn't happen. But nope. um, but, but yeah, more than welcome to come up when you when you're in Manchester. More than welcome. Very good. Yeah. I, well, my uh, my good lady's from the Peak District, so we're not a million miles away. Um, and any time that we're we're up visiting that way, I shall definitely drop in for a a coffee and to learn a little bit more about what you do. That's fine. More than welcome. Brilliant. So I uh, I gave you uh, a bit of an intro there. Yeah. I I don't know if I covered it all because I, I you, frankly you seem like the busiest guy on the planet. Well, I'm 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 not. Uh, obviously, I have family, which uh, obviously keeps <laughs> you busy. But no, I mean it's um, hospitality is my passion. Hospitality is my life. And um, basically, I came into hospitality when I was uh, the wonderful age of sixteen. Strangely, right. strangely enough, came to Thameside College. I, uh, I did actually clock that. You know, I, I, I did have a question that I was going to ask you around. Now that you're, because you've been a student, yeah, and now you're lecturing students. How yeah. does that? How does that actually feel to be on the other side? Well, I think part of me coming back to be a lecturer was the impression that I got off my lecturer 
So I had a lecturer here called Mike Beavers when I was at Thameside College, and he left, he left a massive impression on me. He gave me the drive, the motivation for the industry. Mm. And when the offer of a, of a job came at, at Thameside College, I didn't start as a lecturer, I started as an assessor. But it was, wasn't long after that a lecturer left. I got asked if I could if I could be interviewed. So I said, well, if you want me to, if I can apply, I will apply. So they said, please do so. I applied, got the job. And as they say, the rest is history. But yeah. But the concept is, is, you know, the inspiration for me to go into hospitality, do the best I possibly could, get to where I could wanted to do and then put back was my lecturer at Teamside College, mm. Mike Beavers. And, you know, in, in my mind, I owe a lot to him for that. I have seen him since and I have told him to his face that uh, he was my inspiration. It's all his fault. It's all his fault. Yeah. We're going down this ragged and uh, debaucherous alley, but um, you know, it was uh, it's been it's been a great a great career, great life, and, and great story really. I mean, it's for me, it's uh, like I say, hospitality is my life. It has been said in the past. My daughter said, if anybody cuts you in half, Dad, it will say hospitality. <laughs> so uh, very good. Well, that obviously, therefore, rubbing off on your your daughter as well. Maybe she's a, a hospitality. Well, she's in, she's actually training to be accountant. She's doing an accountancy. Well, hospitality needs accountants too. It does, it does. But yeah. um, strangely enough, a, a, an old uh, college friend and uh, colleague of mine contacted me and he runs a pizza stall, his, his own business. And he was doing a, a festival this weekend and he phoned me up. He says, John, I need some help. Can you help me? And I said, well, my way. I said, but my daughter will do it. I'm sure I'll ask her. Mm. So, I thought, so I asked her and uh, being an accountant and seeing money coming into hand, she said, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so she does have her... Uh, time in hospitality she you know yep. it's uh it's always been a part of her life because i've been in it since she was born mm. um you know i was in a pub i was running a pub when she was born so the first nine months of her life was in a pub so um right yeah so, so it, it is in the blood it, it is. is in the blood in some yeah. way shape or form <laughs> yeah absolutely so before you've just mentioned that you were uh, running a pub but let's let's delve all the way back to that that moment when you were a student at Thameside yeah so what I, happened next so I, I did two years at Thameside I did a BTEC national the old, good old BTEC national diplomas and within that I did my 7061 and 7062 because the college were offering it so I took it yeah but while I was at Thameside college I did uh, two lots of work experience really I, I did Ainsome Manor in Cartmel great experience up there six weeks and I also had three three weeks work experience at the hill the um Kensington Park Hotel London okay uh, where it was uh, over Christmas that was very interesting you know a 16 year old going down on his own to to London and being left in the big smoke to uh, work in this hotel that knew nobody down there knew nothing about the hotel just got told you can earn a lot of money for the two weeks right and I went that'll do it I said to my mum I'm going to London. And she was like, yeah, that's fine. Not a problem. Because um, unfortunately, my dad passed away when I was 12. So my mum was a single parent. And uh, oh, bless you. I was trying to do everything that I could to fend for myself, really. Because my mum was bringing myself and my brother up. Her job didn't really afford the clothing for two teenage boys growing up. Right. So, you know, I did everything I could to earn money. I was probably richer then than I am actually now. Um <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so that's I did that. Oh, you're, you're you're richer in life experience. Oh though. yes, very much so. But then I, I after Thameside College, I went on to Henley College Coventry, where I did a, a HND in hospitality management, and I did um, work experience back in the Lake District, and I also did work experience in Germany, which was uh, 
wow amazing i did uh, four months in germany and uh, people are quite surprised that i can still remember how to speak the language now <laughs> right so i'm not going to test you because I, I wouldn't know to be honest beyond <laughs> counting to 10 yeah i can say the alphabet in german but that, you know that's just showing off i think <laughs> yeah they do have the, the the greatest word for five yeah. in the world yeah fünf, fünf. isn't it yeah fünf. yeah uh, I'll just put my old Scottish twang on it there <laughs> with the, the accentuated oomph. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's a slight digression. But yeah, so I, I did that. I came out of um, my HND, passed my HND, and I opened, I went to um, work in a local hotel called the Old Rectory, which unfortunately is no more. Part of, part of uh, the chorus group of hotels then. Right. And I did, I did about eight to nine months there before I was uh, basically asked by my employer that I worked part-time at when I was at uni uh, at Henley College see if I could go and work for him and be, yeah. his, be his assistant manager which was another local pub restaurant called the Werner Slow Steakhouse that was great great experience I set up a whole conference package for them and started getting customers in and then I was on duty management and I got I rolled up at uh, right on top of the hill the Werner Slow Steakhouse and I rolled up and there was these all these white unmarked vans, white box vans, roller shutters open on the back, and all these people walking out of the building, which I hadn't opened up, in overalls, with everything out of the building. Tables, chairs, light fittings, beer containers, right. gla- glassware, everything. And then there was a couple of policemen there and a load of cars that obviously had official people in. And I, I got out and... The, they asked me if I was the owner. I said, no, I said, I'm the assistant manager. I've come to open up. I said, but I can obviously see I don't need to open up because you have done it for me. <laughs> and uh, the guy said, oh, yeah, sorry about that. He says, um, here's a court writ or whatever, because obviously it was a bailiff. But he had right. the, the wonderful HMRC with him, along with the local council, along with the gas, along with the electricity. And basically, from what I could gather, the accountant had um, done a runner with the money. Right, that's charming. And so, therefore, hadn't been paying the, hadn't been paying the bills. Right. So, therefore, it was it was basically they were taking everything they could <laughs> and closing the business down. So I, yeah. I had to then go and run to my boss and go, um, just to let you know, <laughs> there's, some, there's somebody at the small pub, point. Yeah, somebody at the restaurant wants to see you. <laughs> and he was like, my life, my, but it's my day off. You should be running it. And I was like, I think it's quite important if you want to keep your business. So I've never seen a like a fifty odd year old man get dressed as quickly and drive up to the top of the hill. It's, yeah. uh, and then I went, then I went on to um, the wonderful Boddingtons, and I started work at the Hare and Hounds, a place on Winnethlow in Hyde. I was there for five years. Did a, I was uh, as assistant manager. Then I went on to being deputy manager. Then I went from there. I got sort of like asked if I could uh, move within the, the the business to another site. So I went to the old rectory at Stockport, which was a then a Henry's table. Okay. And I was there for about 12 months, but my manager left. I ran it for about eight months and I applied for the job and they didn't give it me, even though my stocks were up and uh, my wages were down. They put somebody else in. I then moved to a, a wonderful place called um, At the Outside Inn, which was part of Scottish and Newcastle, because Scottish and Newcastle had just taken us over from Greenalls. And, uh, That's a, it's a great name. Yeah, The great Outside name. Inn. It was a great great format there was only five in the country so Mottram where I'm actually born and bred it was it was in my home village strangely enough but 
It was a that's, massive... Uh, Northumberland? No, that's in Cheshire. Ah, oh, sorry. Beg your oh, pardon. Mottram in, Mottram in Longdendale. So it was, I'll, I'll uh... definitely edit that out then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was uh, a great concept that literally you walked into the restaurant, you walked over a stream, over a bridge, with a water wheel going, and there was trees in, in, in the walkway, there was little alcoves, there were little caves and little houses. So it was literally the outside in. Fantastic. And it was a great concept. There was Falkirk, Dundee, Blackpool, Birmingham, and uh, Mottram. Right. But the actual brand never never took off because not long after that, Spirit Pub Group moved in to take uh, Scottish Newcastle's pub side. Got you. But before Spirit took over, I, I moved up to uh, being a general manager, 26 years of age, 195-seat pub restaurant, 25-bedroom lodge, single manager up in Blackburn. So I was up there for three years. And towards the end of my uh, sort of like working aspect with, with the pubs, I was doing ridiculous hours. I'm not going to say how many hours, because I don't think a that, lot. That, that, that doesn't advocate what the hospitality industry is. And it was 20 odd years ago, so things have changed. So I'm not going to yeah. get into that. But I was doing a lot of hours, and my wife turned around to me and said, I'm taking our daughter to my mum's. I'm going to see you at your mum's. And then that was it. It was a dilemma, you know. Yeah, I, I, it made me think. Then I needed to change my perspective. I got down to my mum's, and I, I just handed my notice in and, and moved forward with that. And uh, I came out of the industry, but into training in the industry. So I didn't leave the industry mm. because it's my passion. It's my life. Always has been. Always will be. I'm not going to change that. And then I went into do training. So I worked with a number of training companies. And then in 2006, I saw a job for an assessor for Thameside College. And then that's where I joined. Right, right. And right. yeah, and then as I said at the top of the show, it's near, nearly 15 years. Yeah, I think this is my 16th year, 16th, 17th year this is. So it's, uh, right. yeah, it's been, a, it's been a great aspect. I've seen a lot happen. We've, I've seen a lot of, you know, sort of like staff go, n- not be replaced. When I first started with Thameside College, there was four front of house lecturers, six chef lecturers and six bakery lecturers. Right. Now there's three bakery, three, three chef lecturers. And good old me as front of house. Really? Right. So, and that's nobody's fault. That's just the way of the world. You know, we have a great team here and we, we, we have some great students, you know. And those journeys is what motivates me to come to work every morning. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just look at your own as that, that fresh-faced 16-year-old who went strolling off to London. Yeah. I can't imagine, like, I'm trying to put myself in, in those shoes. I'm not sure I'd have been ready to do that from a maturity perspective to be fair i don't think i was but (laughs) (laughs) you know i think it's it's one of those things that uh, pardon the expression but you grab life by the balls don't you yeah and and you run with it and i think that's what i did i saw the opportunity i thought you know what i can't miss this opportunity it's Mm. the the industry i want to know want to learn i already had a part-time job in the industry when i was 15 16 you know and it was just it opened my eyes and you know what I did at college and who I was with at college inspired me and that inspiration has never waned really yeah so I try and I try and mirror myself on the type of lecture that I was taught by and uh, it seems to work you know yeah I, I would ho- hope so with that length of time in service I mean, I've got people interplay. Into I mean, you know, you've spoken to Peter, which we can go over, but you you know where my students are going, where mm. my students are working, 
what projects we've got going it is it is seriously amazing for me if somebody said when i was 16 you'll be doing this john i would have said yeah and the rest jog on yeah <laughs> whatever yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the thing though isn't it at the at 16 years old uh, who who of us really truly has a clue what we're doing and what we're heading towards I think it's very rare for somebody at that age to have a very clear plan as to what they're going to Strangely enough, at the age of 13, I wanted to go and do catering. But I wanted really? To, yeah, but I wanted to go and do catering in the RAF. But right. those things called glasses came along. And uh, so really... Um, I, I, I needed the old 2020 yeah, vision. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about... I'm sure I'm your age now. You're talking about nearly 30 years ago when I went from my first initial assessment and they were like, I think you need glasses, mate. I don't think you're going to get in, you know. And there's other things that, that they, they didn't tell me that I needed my English. And I got through four years and struggling to get through to make sure I could get into the RAF. And they said, mm. oh, yeah, you can come in as an officer, but you can't because you've not got your English. And I thought, I've just done four years of education. I'm not going to go back. And I'm glad, really, because I wouldn't have been having the life I've got now. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have met my wife. I went and met my wife in the industry. And and I wouldn't have had my wonderful kids. So, yeah, it's fu- it's funny, isn't it? That the the life is full of sliding doors moments. Yeah, yeah. And I, I definitely I'm not, I'm not going to go into philosophical cliches like I always do. But yeah. um, but it is true. I mean, you, you know, you, you just don't you don't know. As you said, you've got to grab life by the balls. Opportunity presents itself all of the time. Yes, it's just That's- a question of filtering out the ones that that you think actually that's. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I'm going yeah. to go with that. Massively. And that's the reason why, you know, if I see an opportunity for students, I'll, I'll, I'll push it, I'll, I'll work with it, and, and I'll, I'll shape it to make sure it works. You know, my first experience of, of any sort of, like, uh, success was in 2015. We, went, we always got, used to go to the, the, the Welsh competitions at Clandrillo College, and uh, we took students there on February in 2015, and I got told, because two of my students from a house one won gold in the flambe, right? And another one won gold in the, the cook and serve. And a wonderful gentleman called uh, Steve Scuffle approached me from the craft guild of chefs. He says, "You need to enter these two into world skills." And I was like, "All oh, right, okay. Well, what, tell me more about it." So we mm. went and had a conversation. Cut a long story short, I entered my two students into the world skills. We, we had a, a journey up to Glasgow, which was a which, which was a great journey up to Glasgow, and uh, we we entered the heat. Came away from that not knowing whether we got through to any semi-final, final, or anything. And then I went on to uh, get the notification that they got through to the semi-final. Right. So we went down to Colchester and we did the semi-final. And then I got notification a week later that uh, both of my students had got through to the final. Right. So both my students got through to the final six. So they both went to the final. And both of my students, one got bronze and one got highly commended. But both then got took into the World World Skills UK squad for restaurant service to train for Abu Dhabi 2017. Oh wow, that's a bit more glamorous than Colchester. Yeah, uh, and, and not to take anything away from Colchester because that's actually yeah. one of my neighbouring towns. But yeah. but you know, for me, it was uh, at that point I was like, wow, you know, and um, they went through the training program. One got knocked out early on from the f- the five that were taken through. Right, and then um, this young gentleman called Zach. He uh, was about two points off uh, 
finishing and and getting to to Abu Dhabi. Unfortunately, he didn't. So he went, uh, but he he's gone on to do better and greater things in his life. Um, mm. But I, I now know, obviously, the winner, uh, Liz Vercor, who was uh, 2020's um, Golden Scholarship winner. Right. And she's working at Glen Eagle, so I keep in touch with her. And I use her as an innovation for my students as well. So keeping in contact with these people uh, is, is a great opportunity to spread the word about how great hospitality is. Yeah. Uh, and since then, I've then been asked, and I am now a, a judge for WorldSkills UK Restaurant Service. Oh, brilliant. So of which, uh, if I say so myself, I'm immensely proud of. Again, it's one of those things, if somebody said 20 odd years ago, You'll be you'll be judging restaurant service in, in, on a national basis. I would have said, yeah, right, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but it, it adds to it, you know, and um, it means the standard that I portray in that judging, I then put over to my students. So mm. for me, it's that learning, constant learning journey, which then helps my students. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. So what um, what facilities do you actually have at the at the college? Because it, it sounds obviously you're in a or on the outskirts of a restaurant as we speak right yeah. now. Um, what have you got there from a, a practical perspective in terms of how do you, you help people develop? Well, we have got, um, we're in a brand new build. So when I first started at Tameside College, we were in this little 40-seater restaurant. We had production kitchens, bakeries, etc. cetera. Uh, and then th- three years ago, we moved down into a 52 million pound new build. Great facilities especially for the college and the students and, and the yeah. area. Uh, we have a 70-seater restaurant. We can see up to 70 people. We only generally set up half the restaurant, so we use about 40, 40, 35 seats at any one time. Obviously, that reduced during COVID when we were allowed to be open. That went down to 20. Right. But um, we have 70 seats. We can expand to 100 if we needed. So we've got quite a large restaurant in in in. in sort of like the scheme of, of college restaurants mm. a full production kitchen we have two practice kitchens which is fitted out with all induction hobs ovens and each individual station and we have a live bakery downstairs we have a live confectionery room so they're making bread and cakes for all our bakery students we have travel and tourism on site so we have a half a plane in the travel and tourism rooms oh wow so yes yeah, so we have live seats and 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 uh, cabin etc so yeah we have uh, you know we have a hair salon i often get my nails and my hair done but um <laughs> well you've got to present well haven't you for exactly your students as well. exactly you're front of house you've got to make sure that your presentation's top notch so uh, but uh, yeah but yeah so you know it, it's uh, it's great we're open tuesday to, to friday lunch from 12 o'clock and so it's it's a, a live learning environment. It basically. is a live. It's a realistic working environment. It's live. Yeah. We open next week to the live customers for the first time in eighteen months. Oh wow! Brilliant. And 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 basically, we've got uh, a lot of um, options for the students. My level three students are, are running afternoon teas. They're they're they're, they're supervising the level one students. Yeah, uh, massive opportunities. We've got an opportunity for work experience that I'm just building up with the, the, the Turing programme, which hopefully we're going to go to Valencia next year. Right. But obviously, as you know, I've got work uh, work experience programme that I've done with uh, Peter Avis. Yeah. So this uh, type of outreach programme, I suppose, you could, call it, you could call it that, I guess, is that is that something that you've had to do yourself or is that something that the, the that has just always been kind of part of the the psyche of the of the college? Well, 
we have a very good work experience program that um, I've built up over the last five or six years. So mm. all our level one students will go out for work experience to a local pub restaurant. Another set of level one students will go out to one of the big hotels in Manchester. Yep. I'll, all our level two students go to a, a very famous football stadium that houses a, a, a blue shade of Manchester football team. I see. I see. Um, yeah. So they go and do work experience there. Notice I'm not advertising. Um, yeah. <laughs> other, other clubs are available. But yeah. Um, and then my level threes go are going to another hotel group in the level three front of house. They're going to another hotel group in Manchester. And um, my level three kitchen students have just brokered a deal with a certain two Michelin star restaurant within a um, national country park in the north called the Lake District. Okay. So, uh, I, yep. I think I can figure that one out. Yeah. So, so they're, they're you know, they're going... I've, I've arranged those. Uh, they all go out for at least one or two weeks' work experience each. Yeah. To further that, I'm just brokering and working out and uh, digesting and cogitating a work experience program with the Royal Lancaster and the Landmark and K West. Wonderful. So that's due to come off. But obviously, then the Peter Avis aspect. It was a. It was a. It's strange how it came around. We had that conversation uh, with with Peter over the lockdown. He spoke to my students, gave his inspiration, which Peter's an amazing guy. Um, he is an amazing guy. You know, yeah. I, I can't speak highly enough of him, to be fair. But he um, he basically called me and said, have you got any students that want to come and work? I've got five commie waiters. And I said, yeah, I can get some students for you. I said, but accommodation, they haven't got anywhere to live. You know, yeah. I was essentially saying that the homeless homeless county of London would go up for by five for twelve weeks because they would have wouldn't have anywhere to live. Yeah, um, well, it's very cheap to live in London, as, yeah. you, as you know. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so Pete said, "Well, let, well, let me come back. I'm, I'm thinking about this program." So we had the conversation about it, and then he came back. And to look at long story short, the program came about. We interviewed about seven or eight of our students, but he only wanted five. He chose five, four from Thameside College and one from Glasgow College. There's yep. another student I know. And um, he took the five down to London. Uh, they've been housed in the Hilton Park Lane. They've been paid. They've had employment for 39 hours a week. They've been mentored by Peter and uh, another wonderful person down there, Antonino, his restaurant manager. They've had, a, they've had a, an, an amazing time. I, I cannot say anything more highly than the fact that of what my students have, have had. Mm. That also came about with, and, and led into bridging the skills gap, which obviously I founded. So, you know, it, it yeah. married, married quite well. And it's off the back of it, you know, it's it's shown that education and hospitality need to work no more now than, than ever, really. Yeah. Because of, of our perfect storm that we're in. Absolutely. I, I absolutely could not agree with you more. I think it, it, it can fundamentally be a, a big part of the solution yeah obviously that's probably a, a longer term solution as opposed to the right here right now but if if enough relationships can be struck yeah then then why not exactly and, and that's how my bridging the skills gap came about yeah i was obviously doing work experience and sorting out work experience for Tameside, and i was realizing that certain parts of the industry were just like going oh yeah you're from college yeah uh, yeah not very qualified and i was like come on you know give us a shot yeah that no that, that's it's, it's the old joke not very qualified mvq let, let, right. just, just re, re, readjust yourself and 
you know, they're not going to be able to pass their not very qualified qualification unless you help. Yeah. And so I, I just got a, a number of people together from different places. And we had our first meeting back, I think, in August 2018. And since then, it's grown. I now have my website, especially over lockdown, it grew. And more and more industry people and more and more educationalists are coming online for the meetings. And, and I just try and make them topical. So the next meeting is going to be looking at uh, apprenticeships and dispelling all the myths of the new apprenticeships and the standards and what's happening mm. with them. Because I think still there's a lot of people out there in industry and in education that are still quite mystified as to what's happening with apprenticeships. Right, yeah. I hadn't really thought of that. But yeah, I, I, you just kind of assume that everybody knows Exactly. I'm not saying everything. that people don't know, but I think there's still certain areas that are a bit grey areas. Yeah. And I, I, a lot of times if people don't fully understand what they're they're going into, they just won't do it. No, I know. And I think I think there's a lot of sort of queries over funding, over levy payments, over... So with Bridging the Skills Gap, I've got a, a sort of a board put together with some amazing people on that I've, I've sort of like brought together over my uh, industry time. One is my, my vice chair is Sue Kenyon amazing lady uh, was actually one of my lecturers when i was at tameside college right so, so i've known sue for a couple of years you know barbara rathmill who represents the food teachers center in the northwest we've got uh, francisco macedo of clevedon who's my honorary vice chair and then i've got uh, lola who is from trafford college and she's she's the person who's, who's all clued up on apprentices so she's going to do that bit on apprentices at the next meeting but i just try and make it topical i don't want to bore people mm. i just want to make sure that it's um what, what people want to hear yeah you know and what do, they need to hear yeah and, and, and we do bash out quite a few aspects and from that meeting one of those meetings came another group that's in its fledgling aspect that i've uh, i sort of like started and with a, with a few people in the industry and that's hospitality together and that's basically to try and change four objectives are to try and change the perception of the industry yeah then look at how people are recruited retention and then obviously lastly education and qualifications yeah i i i think all of those things work if they work in harmony yeah can fix and i put that in inverted commas the the issues that we find ourselves in at the moment yeah the i mean it's one of the reasons why i started the podcast was because that i have all these conversations as a as a recruiter to the industry i have all these conversations with with people all the time around all of the good work that they've done and, and I see you know passionate people after passionate people mm. but that's not the the message that then gets out into the wider world no and I just wanted to do my little bit to to raise the bar on the information that gets out there yeah I mean it, I think it's people like yourself and, and, and myself and, and many many other people but if we all start beating that drum and we all start beating the drum at the same time it will get heard yeah the problem I was finding and the problem that I saw was Everybody was beating the same drum, that was beating the same drum in different areas, and it wasn't being heard. Yeah. And so it's interesting hospitality. I cannot, you know, find another industry that is as wide and as diverse and, you know, the things that have happened to me in the industry, you know, <laughs> when I've been doing my jobs, it's been quite um, interesting, you know. Yeah. Sounds like there's a story there. I had a guy, you know, I had a guy, and he was um, basically... He was a boss on this Christmas table and um, I was working at the old rectory in Horton Green and um, he kept putting his hand up the girl's skirts 
as they were serving. Blimey. Yeah, and I I was assistant manager. I was duty manager that night. And the girl said, I'm not going out to that table ever again because he keeps putting his hand up my skirt. So I walked out to try and find out which fellow it was. And the, the guy put his hand up and he started clicking his fingers at me. Right. And I said, not me, sir. And he goes, he went, yes, you boy, come over here. So I walked across. I must have looked like a boy. I was 21. Um, right. <laughs> You know, I still look 21 now. I'm 47. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And yeah, yeah. I can say that because nobody can see me at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a photo on the uh, front cover, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. um, but so I went across. He says, get me a pint of bitter, boy. Now run along. So I went to the bar and I got me a pint of bitter. I walked back with pints of bitter on the tray. I said, pint of bitter. So I said, yes, let's just pour it straight over his head. Nice. And uh, the whole of his table burst out laughing. He was like, he walked, he walked, I'm going to have you, I want to see the manager. I said, I am the manager for tonight. And off he stormed up to his room, never to be seen again. And the following mm. morning, he, he said, ask my boss to see my boss. He went to see my boss and my boss said, uh, well, yes, it's okay. I'll call him Mr. Smith. He wasn't, but uh, he said, yes, okay, Mr. Smith. He says, thank you very much for your information. He said, I will deal with John accordingly. He says, however, we have got a room booked at the village hotel for you and the taxi is booked. So if you could pack your bags and leave, we'd be grateful. Excellent. And, and uh, he, he supported me. He did say that if it wasn't for the fact that all the staff said, if you sack John, we all walk. And it was Christmas time. He said, I wouldn't have had a job. <laughs> My God. Well, uh, thank, thank goodness for uh, common sense, though, prevailing yeah. uh, in that story. I mean, that, you know, that, that's disgusting behavior. It is. And there, we, I've had this conversation with so many people around the fact that, you know, yes, of course, as hospitality people were expected to be kind and you know offer wonderful hospitality to people yeah but that that has to be reciprocated there it is has. definitely something uh, you know about being a good guest yeah, as well exactly and that's what that what was that you said you were 21 so what's that about five years ago john yeah yeah that's right no I, yeah, I, I'll yeah. Say about seven <laughs> not let you off <laughs> you know and and Thankfully, that kind of behaviour is getting kind of eked out now, and yeah. getting called out, and uh, and that sort of thing. And we should, you know, just because you're serving somebody doesn't mean that you should be, uh, you, you know, just have to stand there and take abuse. Yeah, I mean, we all know that we have the saying: the customer's always right, and we try and make it as clear and concise for the customer as possible. Mm. But the, the things that you know, you do see out there. Sometimes, I, I mean, I have got up in restaurants before when people have been berating the manager and I'm not even part of their team and said, excuse me, mate, I think you're in the wrong there. Mm. And because I was another customer, he didn't know I worked in the industry. They'd back down and I'd say, listen, and, and I'd be sort of like a mediator, but you don't go out to be a mediator for your own industry. You know, something that, where you don't work, but I, I have done it, you know. Yeah. Because I think it's been totally unfair. Yeah, you know, but uh, no, I think it's a. It, my, my journey has been um, enlightening. I love the. All industry. of these things give you life experience, though, don't they? That's the the, the thing. Do. You can't. Some of the things you you can't learn in a classroom. They do. It's, I mean, it's great. I mean, for me, how I know that. I've, I mean, for this this year especially, what we what we've been through. One of my learners, she'd been with us five years, worked her way up through different levels finished this year as a level three hospitality supervisor got you know and i got a card sent uh, delivered to me by her but from her parents and her parents had bought me a 50 pound voucher for a million carter right 
all it said was thank you so much that to me was like yeah I'm, i know i'm doing my job when i get something like that yeah you know not from the student but from the parent <laughs> yeah yeah you know it's it's one of those aspects yeah, I suppose it, it, it falls on you. You're, you're a, a mentor every day, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Really, you're, you're representing these people and trying to make them as good as they can be. Exactly. And maybe, you know, seeing something in them that they don't necessarily see in themselves when they first come to you. No, I mean, you get people. I had a, we had a student once uh, and she, they basically wouldn't speak to us. They, they communicated via writing their answers in the, in the theory classes to the assisted learning support. Right, and by the end of the three years, you couldn't shut her up, <laughs> you know. And she went on to run a cafe and, and has done really well for herself. And it's it's really great to to have that, you know. That's what motivates me to get up in the morning. Obviously, I have to, you know, I have my family, which are my main priority. But yeah, the thing that motivates me to come to work is where I can see these young people coming into the industry. Because if we don't get these young people into this industry on a positive note, and these people don't see the, the industry as a positive note, then we're failing. Yeah. As, not only as educationalists, but also as hospitality people. We're, we're, we're failing our own industry. And I think that's what keeps me going. I don't want to see our industry fail. Nobody does. But, you know, for me to, to, to be able to work in this amazing industry... And have the amazing contacts and the amazing people I meet and deal with, like Peter Avis and Sally Beck and Steve Scuffle and many, many, many more. So I apologise if I haven't mentioned everybody's names. That to me, to to get these these students to work and see and hear, you know, like Sarah Powell at um, Le Manoir. Yeah, I did a trip with my level twos in 2019 in the January just before the the COVID hit. Mm. I did a, a trip down to London. We did the Ritz. We did the the, uh, the Dorchester. We did Galvin's at Windows for lunch. Fantastic. And then on the way back on the Saturday, we stopped at Le Manoir and Sarah, Sarah came in and gave us a tour and spoke to the students and the learners. And those people, one of those people, Kian, is one of those that is in London with Peter now. Right. And he said that initial trip was the what has inspired him to do the London aspect. And he said he only wishes that he could then go to Le Manoir. Well, a dream starts with a wish. It does. Um, so, you know, for, for me, I've fulfilled somebody's wish. Yeah. You know. That's really cool. And, you know, and that is it's also essential. Yeah. Uh, I guess, you know, as part of the whole overall process of how you you bring people through and get them into the industry and get them off to a good start. Yeah, and it's not all about the Le Manoirs of the world and the, no, the, the 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 luxury part of hospitality. Although it's very difficult not to be inspired by it, I think when you see it in action. Yeah, but um, you know, it, it, to to have facilitated these relationships with these places, uh, I can see as a, a you know, it's as important as the education that you're you're giving them while, while they're with you. Yes. Massively, because that's that's the next stage for them, isn't it? Then yeah. is, a, is about finding that place where they feel like they're at home. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's you know, one of our students this year, we did a, a Teams call with the great John Williams at, uh, at yeah. the Ritz. Yeah, and uh, John came online, spoke spoke to the students about his journey. At the end, one of the students turned around and when he was asking questions, said, "Would you take work experience?" He said, "Yes, just get John or or Stephen, who's my colleague, to get in touch with me." So, Stephen, my colleague contacted John and said, you know, 
this young student wants to do work experience like he said is that possible and he said yeah so I think in the summertime he went down for a week after four days he got offered a job and he starts working at the Ritz on Monday oh wow fantastic so yeah you know if people turn around to us here at Tameside College which I wouldn't have worked in a place if I didn't agree you know if I didn't believe in the place mm. and I I believe wholeheartedly in our team and what we can do for these students. And I think for me to see these learners having the experience with Peter, like they've had, having the experience of doing work experience at the Ritz, but then actually getting a job there, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so, so it, it just makes me go home with a smile on my face. Yeah. Well, and that's ultimately from your own uh, well-being that's um that's a wonderful place to be yeah i'm not saying the job isn't stressful i'm not saying saying that life isn't stressful but, but you know just seeing these people get where they get takes a lot of that stress away and makes yeah. it makes it think well that stress is stress is worth it yeah because you know we've got to get these people in the industry we've got to mm. show them the life we've got to show them the light at the end of the tunnel we've got to show them where we can get them, what we can do with them. And, and, and that's even why I do the job I do. Yep. That's even why I do bridging the skills gap and put the effort into that and, and try and liaise with as many industry people as possible. Devonshire Hotel Group, Dakota, F3, Royal Lancaster, Galvin's, Hilton, Holiday Inn, yeah. Manchester, the Kimpton, the French, the Midland Hotel. All these people have given our students valuable experience. And, you know, I thank them mm. for that. I seriously, seriously put my hand on my heart and thank them for that because without them, my job wouldn't be what it is today. Yeah, I think uh, as well, you're you're not you're giving people quite a sweeping view as well of you know it's not just things that are on your doorstep. It's you know no, no. what's also out in the in the big world. Yeah, I mean we we, we I, I, I speak with um, a gentleman who's the exec chef for Holland and America Cruises. Yeah, and he's been onto the phone on online with my students. So I'm not closing the door on anything to let them know. You know, I had the great John Cousins online with them. You know, uh, I know John, and John's John's a, fan, a fantastic person for front of house. You know, but to get that kind of person inspiring your students, you, you can't pay for that. Absolutely, they can then see it as well firsthand, can't they? That this exactly. is, I could, I can shoot for that. Yeah, I can see a path. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I, the one thing I always tell anybody that I've been lucky enough to mentor over the years is that in everything that goes on out in the world, the one thing that you can always control is your own attitude. Yeah, yeah. To towards something, and if you've got that, and then you're facilitating these wonderful opportunities for people, then you know it. It might take them two or three experiences to figure out where their their hospitality home is going to be. Yeah, but you've got to go and get the experience because exactly. you you won't know without trying. No, no, exactly, exactly. You know, and I think it's just we've got to make sure that education mixes with industry and industry yep. mixes with education. Yeah. Because if we don't, the pipeline is going to be minimalized. You know, on yep. both sides, and I think you know the more that we can show these students that, that I'm not going to lie, there is going to be long hours in certain aspects because of the nature of the industry and the nature of the beast when it yeah. com when it comes to you know 
pardon my French, but when the shit hits the fan. Yep. But the concept is, is it's a great industry to be in. You'll meet new people. Not every day is the same. Every day is different. It isn't boring. You're not sat behind a desk. It's hard work, but then rewarding. Yeah. And you learn, you learn. The, the life skills that you just can't. Massive. You, know, uh, you, you can learn them quickly as well because yeah. you, you, a lot of the time you have to. Yeah. But actually, I mean, that, that long hours thing, that to me is, that's inevitable in any industry where yeah. you want to get on yeah. and make a difference. It definitely shouldn't define hospitality as, you know, that's, no. that's its major thing. I think that's what gets out in the press, unfortunately. I mean, that's what yeah. that's what gets put out, all the long hours, all the, the rubbish pay. But, hey, that was 20 years ago. Mm. No, we're not denying that certain times there's going to be long hours, but you only make those long hours as long as you want to make them now. You know, if, yeah. if you decide to stay on because you're short-staffed, then that's your choice. You know, if you don't decide to stay on and you decide to go home, then generally employers will say, that's fine. Thanks for thanks for thinking of it. it yeah, it, it's the it's the old adage, but you know you can get into a political and uh, constitutional debate about that, and we're probably here for another twelve days. <laughs> yeah, without without reaching a conclusion. Exactly. So, yeah, but, uh, but no, I think you know for for me, I'm going to continue. Uh, I'm going to continue bridging the skills gap. I'm going to continue teaching as long as uh, Thameside College will have me and. Uh, I'm going to continue getting these guys inspired. Yeah. You know, I think that's what needs to happen. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, it, it's something that um, if anybody does want to join us at Bridging the Skills Gap, they can have a look at the website. It's uh, www.bforbravo-tango-sfisierra-gforgolf.org.uk. So they can have a look at that website. More than happy for people to come along and... You know, if they want to have a conversation with me, that's fine. Yep. You know, my, my number's on the bottom of the website. Just uh, text me first or, and see when I'm free. Because I'll be teaching. Or email me on the email address at the bottom of the webpage. And I'll, I'll, I'll email them back. But uh, more than happy to help anybody that, that wants to join. And, and, and sort of like join the crusade. It's not a crusade, but you know what I mean? I, 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 think, I, I think it is. You know. The positive crusade. Yeah. I think for me, it's, it's, it's putting the positivity into it. I'm, I'm not a negative kind of person, you know. People can't understand me at work that I'm just as happy as I walk in at 8 o'clock in the morning as I am when I leave at 9, 10 o'clock at night sometimes. Right. You know, so... I'm uh, I'm happy at 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm just not sure quite as energetic as the um, oh, yeah. as the rest of the world. I have energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I think the the work that you're doing, both in your, your kind of your day job and your night job, if, if you like, uh, in terms of what you're doing to inspire inspire hearts and minds is necessary and just wonderful and having oh, spoken to, to peter avis uh, directly about the the work you're doing it's actually a, a you know it it's genius is in its simplicity yeah you know in terms of you, you there's an opportunity that helps him out and it also helps you out and it also yeah. helps the students out yeah everybody wins yeah uh, and the industry wins ultimately yeah. exactly exactly and uh I hope everything that Peter did say was good. <laughs> it was all good, all good, very, very good. Yeah, and you know, and and I think you know that once word gets out that it it's working, yeah, you know that that there there are people who are going into that experience and walking away inspired yeah. by the opportunity that that's in front of them. 
then it sounds to me inevitably that other other businesses would go well if it can work for them yeah i think that surely what, it can work for us i think that's what's happening with the great people at the, at the royal lancaster um yeah that they've seen it work they're only going to do fortnight aspects but still they're going to house them they're going to put them up they're going to feed them on duty they're going to pay them and and going to give them an experience and look after them but that's mm. all we want them to do because then yeah. these stu- i mean we sent four students down to the world lancaster and sally and her team and emma there did an amazing job looking after them but they mm. went and helped do housekeeping while the euros were on they were short staff so we sent four travel and tourism students down and they had four weeks there doing housekeeping but loved it yeah these kind of partnerships need to be put out there and if 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 what peter and i and and antonino and galvin's and tameside college have done inspires others and then obviously what we're doing with the wonderful sally beck and, and emma Brealey at the royal lancaster once that takes off if that inspires people then it's done its job yeah i've done my job but you're also you're almost kind of you've got an open source blueprint yeah that you know i'm i'm sure given the, the we've not known each other very long but but in terms of what i've come to understand about you is is that you know if a, if a college or a university from around the uk or anywhere came to you and said john how did you make that work yeah you you know you'll have a very open conversation and give them yeah. the, the the blueprint for for making that happen exactly uh, it's, it, I'm, it's no secret i'm not here to say it's mine go away yeah it, it, it's it's like you say it's an open blueprint i'm an open door I, i'm very contactable i'm very approachable i am what we all are in hospitality you know i'm here to help i'm here to help my students i'm here to help people succeed but inevitably i'm here to to build on what we what what we can do as an industry yeah. both education and hospitality brilliant no, I, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and sharing your story. And I, I wish you that continued success with it. Thank you and, very much. Uh, anything that this uh, humble little show can do to, to help, I will, will happily do. If I can ever introduce you to anyone, then I yeah. will ha- happily do so. Well, you know, if anybody asks about it after this podcast and come your direction, then please feel free to get them to, uh, to contact me. You know, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with them and I can talk to them how I set up my work experience academies. You know, I've done loads of feedback to other colleagues, you know, Steve Heaton at Stoke-on-Trent and, and different things. So, yeah, mm. I'm, I'm more than happy to uh, to assist where I can. Fantastic. So, Good man. Well, thank, thank you. you very much, John, and I wish you continued success. Thank you, Phil, and, uh, you know, obviously keep in touch. Um, Absolutely. And uh, thank you very much for this opportunity. It's, uh, it is quite humbling. Thank you. Oh, bless you. No problem at all. My my absolute pleasure. Take care. Okay, you too. Cheers, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And there we have it. A great story from John and what a fabulous initiative. If you're a hospitality business that would like to play your part in helping develop the next generation of hospitality talent, then make sure to reach out to John to discuss. We'll be back next Wednesday with more stories from hospitality, but until then, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.